Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So Georgia fans don't have to be told what this weekend is. It's been circled for quite some time. It is a massive, massive recruiting weekend. And some of the biggest recruits you can imagine are on hand, probably the biggest, many of the biggest targets for the class of 2023, expected to be in campus, or should say in Athens on campus here for the weekend. Some of them already there. We're already, you know, kind of seeing some photographic evidence of all of this coming out. Uh, Jeff Sintel will stop by later on. He'll give us a lot more of the specific details about what a lot of these recruits are hoping to hear from Georgia, what the uh, message from Georgia is as the dogs try to put together another elite uh class for the 2023 cycle obviously maybe the headliner name for the weekend is of course the quarterback arch manning this is his official visit to georgia dogs right in the center of all this uh coming up in a few minutes time i'm going to give you what i think is the single worst take of arch manning that i've seen on the internet thus far it doesn't come from me but we'll certainly spend a little bit of time mocking it we'll do that here in just a little bit before that let me show you this from david cooper that's one of the recruiting staffers for uga you uh love to see this kind of stuff uh from him on twitter this is he tweets this yesterday he says them all stars pulling up tomorrow celebrity weekend young kings already know what's going down and he gives you a series of hashtags like he uh does there including the tapped and turned uh hashtag there uh, coach cooper doing a great job when it comes to the uh, efforts with UGA recruiting he's always hyping these kinds of things up and I think that's a pretty good description of this when it comes to like celebrity weekend for those that follow Georgia recruiting a lot of the big names the Caleb Downs the Justice Haynes I mean these are famous folks here in the case of Haynes and Manning these are also famous last names there as well obviously arch long lineage of quarterbacks in his family and Justice Haynes dad Veron Haynes great former dog he'd still be beloved uh, on the, the eyes of a lot of Georgia fans even if his son wasn't an elite recruit uh but the fact that you know a great former georgia running back now has a great running back as a member of this class these are kind of celebrity names these are well recognized faces and you know a lot of folks are just very eager in anticipation of whatever kind of images that we see from these guys from a recruiting standpoint over the course of the weekend it's one of the ways in which in modern times you know these you know current like sort of social media age in which we live in which I think following the recruiting process is more fun than ever. I mean, I, I think that probably high school football recruiting has been impacted by technology maybe more than any other aspect of sports. When the internet came along, completely revolutionized the way in which folks follow the recruiting stuff. Before that, it was like, you know, dialing up the 900 number and listening to recorded message or whatever. And now social media has, has greatly influenced the way in which we all follow this there as well. Whereas, like, we used to have to be, you know, kind of left to our imagination of, you know what are they doing you know are they having fun you know what what's happening here and now with social media for the most part many of you will kind of stay plugged in on that phone all weekend long and you'll you'll be pretty well aware of of what's going down with george and all of this and i think that is kind of an exciting thing to think that we won't be completely in the dark about how it's going for a lot of these big names here on campus uh here this weekend but i think there's also a, a little bit of feeling out there what was the phrase that coach cooper used a moment ago tapped and turned I think there's a, a certain pocket of fans right now around college football that are like, I'm not quite so sure how tapped and turned I am, just given the fact that for a big recruiting weekend like this, there are people who are kind of worried, well, 
how much has all of this changed Georgia's message to a recruit now knowing that we live in the NIL era? I think there is some fear out there that what used to be, you know, tell me about all the things you have going on is now simply a negotiation over money. And listen, I really don't know anybody who thinks it's a problem that players are getting money. I really don't know anyone who feels that way. But there is an element of, well, if all you're doing is talking about money, then this is no longer the sport that we've all loved for such a long time. There's a, a pocket of Georgia fans who have a little bit of concern about that. And along those lines, I mean, I think Kirby Smart actually echoed a certain version of that himself this week from the SEC spring meetings. I don't have the audio to play for you on this, but Mike Griffith did have the quotes in a story at dognation.com. So I will read this to you. I'm going to show you on the screen. Kirby Smart there on that topic saying, this is smart himself echoing the, the feeling that so many of you have when he said i don't like recruiting when it becomes okay well let's sit down and talk what are your players making in nil and what do you foresee him being able to make he's kind of quoting a hypothetical parent in that situation saying uh if all we're doing is talking about nil hey how much can my guy get paid how much are your other guys getting paid smart says if that's all we're talking about then i don't like that that's not what i want recruiting to be and many of you kind of feel the same way and i certainly understand where you're coming from on that but here's the point i want to kind of make to you today as Georgia gets ready to host a bunch of really big-time recruits here this weekend. Obviously, the presence of NIL has made the recruiting situation different. We're not going to deny that. And in some respects, maybe it's been a change for the better, at least in, in some regards. But for the folks who are concerned that this is only about NIL, this is simply a monetary negotiation, and that's literally the only thing that matters anymore, I think we can look around in other walks of life, and I think we can be left to to take comfort in the fact that Actually, if you look at other job situations, a lot of people think of college ball players as employees. If you look at other job situations, it's not like money is the only consideration there. And if that's true in other kind of employment situations or, you know, places where compensation matters, then I think it's probably true for college football, too. Let me give you one little thing on this. And you should all feel lucky to be a part of such a uh, sophisticated and uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that other quote there in just a minute. Uh, you should all feel lucky to be a part of such a sophisticated thing here. Uh, I'm going to actually quote from the Harvard Business Review. I think this is the, probably the first time I've ever quoted from the Harvard Business Review here on the show. But I, I set out to kind of research. OK, now that compensation is a part of the college football discussion, how much does compensation matter for employees and where they work? And here's what the Harvard Business Review said in 2017. I'm just going to read you a couple sentences here. One of the most striking results we found is that across all income levels, not just rich folks, but across all income levels, the top predictor of workplace satisfaction is not pay. It's the culture and values of the organization, followed closely by the quality of senior leadership and the career opportunities at the company. Among the six workplace factors we examined, compensation and benefits were consistently rated among the least important factors in workplace happiness. That's the Harvard Business Review not all that long ago in 2017. Now, isn't that interesting for the people who are saying, hey, all, you know, we think that's going on in these recruiting conversations now is solely about NIL. That's all it is now. Well, that's not true in other areas where compensation has mattered. Let me walk back through this one more time, and let's make this more about college football. Whereas the Harvard Business Review says cultures and value of the organization matter, 
How much does this, in college football, you might say, how much does this team make me feel like I'm part of a family? How much does this university make me feel like I'm welcomed here? Can't you imagine that's still mattering? It's mattered before. According to the Harvard Business Review, maybe that still matters now. Also follow closely by the quality of senior leadership. That may be true in business world that the Harvard Business Review covers, but senior leadership in college football still means coaching staff. Who the coach is? Does this coach value my son? Can this coach train up my son? That's mattered before. Can't you imagine that still sort of uh, matters now? Also, career opportunities at the company. That's what the Harvard Business Review wrote in 2017. We know what career opportunities are when it comes to college football. It's can you get me to the NFL? Can you prepare me for that next phase of my football life? Being like 15 uh, former Georgia players this past year who were drafted into the NFL draft, five of them in the first round alone. So I think here you kind of take some comfort in the notion that you know, big fancy publications like the Harvard Business Review have been saying now for a number of years that when it comes to making an employee happy at his job or her job, compensation and benefits actually less important than some of the other things that I just mentioned. And in college football recruiting, even now that compensation is a part of the conversation, still how you're going to fit in on this team, how you're going to feel being coached by this coach, how well you prepare for the next phase of your life beyond that, I think you're left to assume that's probably what's going to matter. Now, that may not be true for all recruits in all places, but guess what? Kirby Smart also told us this week, if that be the case, then that might not be a player that Georgia wants anyway. Let me show you on the screen here if you're watching on video. One more quote from Kirby Smart. Obviously, I'll read this to you. Along the lines of a recruit who only cares about NIL, Smart says, that part probably frustrates me more. If, if, if everything's about that, I'm probably on the wrong kid. In other words, I'm recruiting the wrong guy. If that be the case, Kirby Smart says, he goes on to say, at least have enough respect to say, I want to come there and be a really good football player and play on your team and win a championship for Georgia. And oh, yeah, by the way, while I'm here, I'd like to attain uh, as much money as I can. I have no problem with that. But if the other stuff is the first priority, we probably need to find somebody else. That's Kirby Smart. Obviously, you can read more of that from our buddy Mike Griffith there at DogNation.com. I think that's well said by Kirby. And I think it's true that when you have recruited consistently at the elite level, as consistently as Georgia has, as frequently as Georgia has over the course of the last few years, all of a sudden now you can be a little bit more selective who you go after. You want elite players that also fit into the kind of team culture that makes it easier to get the kind of players that you want to get. So the bottom line on all this discussion is, as Georgia gets ready to host major visitors here this weekend, yes, NIL matters to them because they now have the freedom to cash in on their their fame and their football ability and all the stuff that goes along with that but according to Kirby Smart the very best players will think about more than just NIL when they ultimately make their college decision and for fancy publications like the Harvard Business Review they're going to tell you this is the way that regular employment has gone for regular professionals in the regular workforce for quite some time how you fit in with the rest of the folks that you're working with how you're going to be trained up by the people who are leading you how well set up for success you are in the future that's the stuff that matters in the real world and as college football maybe grows to mirror more of what happens in the real world the stuff that matters there is going to matter down here just as well so don't be so quick to assume that the conversation that george is having with the top recruits in town this weekend has changed all that much Georgia's always had a lot to sell the nil part of this becomes one more additional thing that it will sell but it's far from the only thing it's going to offer to these recruits here this weekend 
My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Kroger, and we are so glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, 945, first and 15 at dognation.com and the Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Of course, the radio at noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and as a podcast wherever you find them, the Apple Player, Spotify, the Google Player for the Android folks, uh, worldfamousdognation.com. We post the show each and every day. A lot of different ways for you to get in touch with the program. We are just really, really appreciative of you doing that, and we are so grateful to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible. I'm obviously getting ready to enjoy some vacation, and many of you enjoying a lot of stuff like that here this summer there as well, and Kroger wants to go with you for all that summer fun all year long. In fact, Go to Kroger to get big savings on the things you need to make your summer as much fun as it can possibly be. How about 40% off right now on patio furniture, summer decor, summer toys, so much more. Just find that at your local Kroger. You can also stop by and see Kroger.com if you want to learn more about that there as well. Kroger taking care of you on all of that. Speaking of my vacation, let me also give you a little bit of a logistical thing here for a moment, some housekeeping, and then we'll roll on here, including a very awful take on Arch Manning here coming up in uh, just a moment. So we're live today, regular show for us across all platforms. And next week, we've worked very hard to put a great series of pre-recorded shows that will air throughout the entirety of the week, looking at some really fun stuff and, you know, kind of digging our heels in on some of the preseason type content and really delivering some things you haven't heard before. So we're going we're gonna to work hard to make those shows for you next week great in the normal spot. There won't be a first and 15, but for video at 10 a.m., podcast delivered the way they normally are, except for the fact that I'll probably, all, I'll probably dump them all <laughs> into the platform all at once. So you may see a bunch of uh, podcasts in your feed a little bit later on. But the point is, is we're going to have five great shows for you next week. We try to make that really worth your time. And we'll be back live again in the normal format uh, again the following Monday after that. I'm incredibly grateful that you all allow me to take a little bit of vacation time. I'm incredibly grateful that you stop by and you're part of this show each and every day. I don't take that for granted. And so we want to make good use of your time, whether we're live or whether it's pre-recorded, which we don't try to do too much. Whatever it is, though, we want to make sure it's enjoyable for you. So hopefully you'll feel that way. And of course, your feedback always matters to me on that. Today, probably the thing that you're as excited about as anything is getting a chance to hear from Jeff Sintel on what's going to happen this weekend. We'll do that. It was we go on the road, assisted by AAA with him in just a moment. Before that, though, let us uh, do around the doghouse here. And I want to give you what I think is the single worst take on the Arch Manning situation. And then after that, we'll give you a little bit of a, a rebuke from Kirby Smart on terms of what actually matters when it comes to the George quarterback situation. So there's a guy named RJ Young. I guess he works for Fox Sports, and I guess he does some sort of video type show for them or whatever. I really don't know much about the guy, but I did see this online, and I thought it deserved a response. Basically, uh, RJ Young, the dude from Fox, says that he doesn't think that Arch Manning should go uh, to UGA. And he essentially pulls out every tired, worn out cliche imaginable for why that is. I don't think you can find a worse take about uh, Arch Manning on the Internet. And sometimes things are so bad that maybe they deserve a little bit of a response. So we'll give one to this here from both me and Kirby in a moment. But first, let me let, let me set the stage for an absolute terrible take on the Arch Manning situation from a guy named R.J. Uh, Young from Fox Sports. Take a listen to this. Arch Manning probably needs to know about Georgia, right? Start with this. Georgia's been a quarterback graveyard. It is where QB careers have gone to die. There hasn't been a 3,000-yard passer at Georgia 
since Aaron Murray accomplished that feat 2014, 2013, which is ridiculous when you think about this, but also that's the way that Kirby Smart has built his program, where the quarterback does not feature. The quarterback is an asset to the entire football team. While you might say, hey, RJ, didn't Georgia just set the record for the most NFL draft picks in any single year? Yeah, they did. Now, which one of those guys was a quarterback? None of them. You are also talking about a place that has washed through Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, Justin Fields, Brock Vandergriff, and Carson Beck, Gunnar Stockton are all out there on the vine. JT Daniels came through there, got a few starts, and left. Jamie Newman didn't even start and left. And now that Stetson Bennett has decided to make his return, you have to really look at that quarterback depth chart and wonder when you're going to get your shot. So that's just one awful opinion after another from R.J. Young there. And I want to kind of go through a few of those myself, and I want to let you hear from Kirby Smart on this after that. He mentions the fact that Georgia hasn't had a 3,000-yard passer since uh, Aaron Murray going back 2013. I didn't necessarily know that. I'm not super plugged into stats like that, but it sounds about right, right? We know that Georgia hasn't quite had the same level of quarterback play uh, in recent years that it had uh, under uh, Aaron Murray. Obviously, Murray also got hurt in the 2013 season there as well. But the, you know, the fact that Georgia hasn't had top-end statistical play from the quarterback spot since 2013, that's not a huge surprise to most of us. But it's important to know that a lot of that also predates Kirby Smart there as well. That you can't solely blame Kirby for Georgia not having a great quarterback in 2014, maybe, or not having a great quarterback in 2015, maybe. Those are years in which Kirby Smart was not the coach of this program. That, that Kirby actually inherited a program in 2016 that had not had, you know, top flight, you know, Aaron Murray level stats at the quarterback spot for a couple of years prior to him getting here. That's the program that he inherited. The fact that even with that, he still won the SEC, you know, in his second year on the job, won the national championship in his sixth year on the job, actually speaks to Kirby Smart's success there when it comes to a quarterback. And the idea that we're still dragging out Justin Fields' name in this conversation, I think is ludicrous. It's even more ludicrous ludicrous to bring up uh, Jacob Eason because that's even longer ago than that. But the notion that that we're still dragging out Justin Fields, something that happened in 2018, folks, from a college football standpoint now, 2018 might as well be ancient history. It's not like we talk about Nick Saban and the decision that he made in 2017 to to bench uh, Jalen Hurts and, and and put in Tua Tungo-Vailoa because you could sell that against Nick Saban if you wanted to there as well. You could say one of two things. Either Saban knowingly played the wrong quarterback all season long or Saban failed to trust his starting quarterback when the, the season mattered the most. You could play either side of that coin there on that. You could use that as negative fodder uh, against Nick Saban if you wanted to. Uh, but ultimately, that's probably not even that relevant of a thing to discuss because that's so long in the past. Alabama's had so much happen for them in the quarterback situation since then that whatever went down between Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungo-Vailoa is ancient history. Well, trust me when I tell you the Justin Fields thing, controversial at the time, but y'all, how much time has passed around Georgia football since whatever went down with Justin Fields? That is literally in some like distant chapter of the uh, Georgia history book. If it's the Wikipedia page, you got to scroll down and scroll down and scroll down to even get to the Justin Fields era at Georgia. So much has happened since then. And then to bring in like Jamie Newman to this or JT Daniels, the fact that Newman very oddly opted out before the 2020 season and JT Daniels unfortunately dealt with a series of injuries that had plagued him at USC, different kind of set of injuries that plagued him here at Georgia. The fact that that Kirby Smart overcame all that to still win a national championship once again is not an argument against him in his pursuit of Arch Manning. It's an argument in favor of him. Uh, Kirby Smart could very easily say, hey, look at all we've been through. We still won 
the national championship. But ultimately, what Kirby Smart would say is, is the opinions of guys like this don't matter when it comes to the pursuit of Manning. And Manning, who you kind of think of as a little bit of more of a sophisticated, uh, you know, a little bit more of a sophisticated pursuit here of the right school for him. Certainly his family's been through this enough to know what truly matters and what doesn't. They're going to see through the clutter of whatever old thing from the past people want to throw out there uh, against Georgia because after all for now Georgia's got scoreboard on its side it is the reigning national champion that kind of brings me back to Kirby Smart here for a moment that was really cool this week when Smart was on the Feinbaum show that you know some people look at the the quarterback situation that Georgia's endured and it becomes fodder for hot take artists or you know goofballs on the internet but Kirby Smart says the people who respect him most have actually been lining up to pat him on the back for how well he navigated all of that and if that's true you better believe the family of Arch Manning probably notices that listen to Kirby Smart from Feinbaum this week as a great rebuke to a pretty silly take from a moment ago and I've had a lot of compliments from my peers, the guys I look up to, like, hey, the way you handled that last year, the way you had to make tough decisions, they only judge you on results. And the results were good because we won it. If we don't win it, people are going to second-guess the decisions you made, just like they've second-guessed any decision I've made thus far at quarterback. But I believe you fill that room with competition, which that brings criticism. Because when you got good players, they're going to say the other guy should be out there playing. Or you don't win, the other guy should be out there playing. I, I want to keep having good competition, because when you've got really good players in that room, you're going to have that debate. you just got to make sure the right one's out there. Yeah, I mean, I think everything that Smart says there sounds incredibly sensible, and it has clearly worked out well for Georgia. As I said a moment ago, he has scoreboard on his side so whatever has happened in the past can be very easily forgotten because of how good things are in the present by the way that includes arch manning on campus here this weekend and i'm guessing that when manning looks in on uga he sees a lot to like a lot of strength around the program that can be utilized by him it may be true that georgia hasn't had a truly great quarterback in a good number of years it also may be true that Arch Manning's about to change all of that. All right, that is Around the Doghouse here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger here today. Obviously, those are my thoughts, but it's important to get Jeff Sintel's thoughts on all this, too. Not just on Arch Manning, but Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes and all of the big names who are kind of on hand here for that. So let's get ready to do all of that right now as we get ready to go on the road, assisted by AAA, with Jeff Sintel here on Dog Nation Daily today. and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead. Here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, we're on the road. Assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. It's a uh, weekend we've had circle for quite some time, and it is now on hand. Uh, Jeff, thanks for being here. And I, I guess let's start with, like, you know, the big name, and we'll obviously, you know, you know, a lot of these other names there as well. You know, what do you think that Arch Manning kind of wants to hear? I mean, he's visited Georgia in an unofficial capacity before. Uh, Georgia coaches have visited with him. Uh, Todd Munkin was in New Orleans when you were there a few weeks ago. So what's it about here right now? What's the what's the discussion? You know, what is what is the key selling point if you're Georgia for Manning? And if you're Manning, what's the key thing you're kind of listening for here? How do you think this goes down between these parties here this weekend? Yeah, guys, good morning. Um, I think it's kind of going to be a grocery list of stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, really a football balance. Like they want to see the side of Georgia, the academic side, like what happens when he's not playing football. He wants to get a little bit more comfortable. You know, he has said that he feels that Athens is probably the best college town. He just needs to know more about the student life experience. I think there'll be questions asked about the offense. I think there'll be questions asked about, you know, quarterback development, you know, how those guys are progressing, what the room looks like. 
I think I think those are the things. But you know, Brennan, in all honesty, this whole weekend has kind of been I don't want to say the word orchestrated or calculated, but I think these guys have been putting together this weekend in June, much like the one last year with Oscar Delp and Gunnar Stockton and Brampton Robinson and Denylon Morissette. I think they've been putting together this probably since maybe a little before G Day, if not a little earlier than that. I know uh, TJ Shanahan was a guy that talked to Justice Haynes, and that was a guy that he really, you know, kind of bonds with really well. This is the offensive lineman out of Texas. And, you know, they started talking around G Day about, hey, let's take our officials here together. And that sort of kind of crystallized. And, you know, got a guy like Pierce Sperling that was always down for anything like that. And I think this is just Georgia wanting to really just make a commanding presence this weekend with official visits. With a lot of guys, I think we can honestly say, are feeling some type of way about the University of Georgia. I mean, you've got a guy like Caleb Downs. I mean, I know I know we're going to talk about Arch a whole thinking lot. Everybody's going to focus on that. But, you know, Caleb Downs is a guy that I think is, 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 is prepared and composed and talented and skilled enough to be helping a college secondary this year, not much less the Mill Creek secondary. You know, Downs and Justice, man, they're so close. I think all their official visits are, are going to be taken together, except for the official visits next weekend when I think Justice goes to Florida and Caleb goes to Notre Dame. Uh, those guys have known each other all their lives. Man, friend, it's kind of a funny story that um, Justice has actually might have been named Caleb, but their families knew each other and they didn't want – you know, uh, 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 one of the sons of their dear, dear friends to have the same name as their son. So that's kind of how justice came to be. But those guys are really driven. They they do talk like they want to try to play together in college. Um, and, you know, that's just a list where you, you have a, so many names to get to. But I think, Brandon, it's, I'm going to boil it down to simply this. A lot of those guys are going to look around. They're going to listen. They're going to see each other having fun. And they're going to go, I really think I could play here. And it would be really amazing to play here with all these guys in this room with me, too. One one treat for your audience this morning, and I hope this doesn't have people go running out their cubicles or, you know, jumping up and down on their treadmills or whatever. But, you know, Justice told me something pretty cool about this week. He likes those white uniforms. He likes those white helmets. He likes uh, – everybody calls them the Stormtrooper Georgia uniforms already online. But he – you know, Justice is very talented, Brandon. He's got an image in his mind's eye where he wants to get everybody in those white uniforms and those white helmets and put them in Stanford Stadium and have that red light effect going on at night. And let's see how many likes and how many impressions and how many people will get excited about that. Yeah, that's fun to think about. I want to do more with Justice Haynes uh, with your care coming up in a moment. But you talked about you know the way in which some of these guys are taking these visits together. This is something that Pierce Sperlin uh, the Georgia tight end commit has really kind of hinted at for quite some time. And I think his relationship with Manning is pretty well documented there at this point that, I mean, a lot of these guys have been kind of calling their shot here as not just a time in which, hey, you know, non-committed recruits or uncommitted recruits want to come learn more about UGA. But some of these guys like Sperlin want to be on hand to really be a part of the recruiting process here and, and make their their big pitch. The presence of so many you know, you know, Georgia guys like Sperlin and Cottrell, guys who are already in the fold here, that's a big part of the story for this weekend too, is it not? Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's so many guys up and down that have stories, stories about Georgia. I mean, we're going to put a lot of them up on the website today and not just kind of like a, a list of folks because I want you guys to know a little bit about T.J. Shanahan. I want you to know a little bit about 
Justice Haynes and what's that baseball question like for him and you know how how important will football be uh, to his future if his fastball ticks up a couple more miles where he's throwing 94 95 um, so these are you know really pertinent interesting things about some of these young men like you know TJ Shanahan Brandon is an amazing football player um, I think he's only rated number 118 or so in the country but Brandon this is a guy that will commonly humiliate, block his guy 10, 15 yards downfield so much that it happens about a dozen times per game. We wrote about Raylan Wilson earlier this week, how he's the son of former NFL player Robert Wilson, who played receiver for the Saints. And Brandon, this is a linebacker in that Channing Tindall mode that you know can run a 10.9 in the 100-meter dash. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, going up and down the list, you got you got to got to got to give Brandon his six seconds of wide receiver talk here in every Dog Nation uh, daily appearance. But Jalen Hill is low-key, Brandon, the number seven receiver in the country, the number 40 overall prospect. He had an amazing unofficial visit for his first visit at Georgia. And he told me, he's like, man, I'm going to give this program an official visit right after that. He enjoyed it so much. And very important, the way Georgia has calculated this. I want to go to the, the meat of your question right there, is they've got, I believe, six guys that are either undecided or not currently committed to Georgia that are in the top 125 in the country, and then they surrounded them with four really hardcore OG, really barnstorming commitments in this class. That's Lawson Lucky, that's, that's Raymond Cottrell, that's Pierce Sperling. You know, you've got a lot of guys there that are just trying to shape and try to put some anchors down in this recruiting class. And, Brandon, I'll be kind of candid here. I don't think all the names that are floating out there I think the list is going to get a little bit more impressive as the weekend opens opens up. Oh boy, that's certainly something to think of. I don't want to jump around here too much because I want people to be, be able to follow what we're doing. But you did mention one of the names that I do think is very, very important here, and that's Jalen Hale, a big wide receiver, one of the top prospects in the country out of the state of Texas, on hand for the weekend. And you know, this obviously is one of those things that it just matters to people, Jeff. You know, you know, Brian McClendon is here as wide receivers coach, and seeing Georgia break through and recruit the receiver position as well as it recruits other positions when folks talk arch manning it's one of the most common questions i also get on that is hey what receivers could he help georgia win with and you know you know to have a guy here georgia's been kind of silver medalist a few times recently with some top light receivers it's also won some recruiting battles for some guys that have actually turned out to be really good but when it comes to the kind of the top shelf type player what maybe george pickens was when he came in as the part of the class of 2019 you know folks are ready to see georgia win more battles like that you know how real is it for a guy like hale and you know if if, if, if arch manning you know does come here what other kind of coattails could he have for those other top flight receivers as well yeah, I think people, and I can give you height, weight. I can say that Jalen Hale runs this. I can say he plays above the rim in basketball. I can say he's one of the most explosive players in the country. But I think commonality is what people like to hear. If, if you want to, if you want to know what a guy like Jalen Hale could be at Georgia, I think it's somewhere, somewhere in the spectrum of maybe what Riley Riley Ridley was as the floor, and maybe all the way up to you know George Pickens is what he did for Georgia as well. I mean, Jalen is that type of player. About the only thing that it would be a you know something that that's not amazing about Jalen Hills. I think he's probably been about six two for about two years now. Um, just a great hardworking kid. Georgia is in the mix with him. I mean, it's funny. You know, there's some names a great one to throw out is Tyler Williams. He's visiting Clemson this weekend, and that's way got 
a guy way up on Georgia's board, even though he's only played like a couple of seasons a receiver, if that. But he'll take his official to Georgia next weekend. And, and Brandon, this is just kind of huge for momentum, kind of huge for, you know, what Georgia and this class has to be. I think it has to be. Um, I thought last year's class was a defensive-minded, a defensive-heavy class. And, Brandon, the counterpunch to that for Georgia, for them to be just as good as they were in 2021, is to mirror that up now with an offensive-handed class in 2023. And you see the Spurlins of the world. You see Lucky. You see um, guys that could come together with Cottrell. It could be Arch. It could be Justice. It could be, you know, the Hakeem Williams of the world. It could be the Tyler Williamses of the world. I mean, you know, Shanahan is a great piece on the offensive line potentially as well. And, you know, a lot of these guys already feel very comfortable with Georgia. They all, they've already told me that they can see themselves in Athens, that Athens checks all of the boxes. I think now is just a kind of a stock boost weekend for this class where I know, Brendan, we're going to look back, you know, eight months down the road and we're going to point to this weekend is to say that's either where Georgia was rolling or maybe where this, where this class maybe got off the rails from where it was heading because June looks pretty promising for the class of 2023. I want to talk a little bit more about some of these other names there as well. Uh, you mentioned Justice Haynes going to Florida next week. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, and we talked about this some last week, that Haynes would appear to be the number one priority for Georgia, the running back spot right now. And a lot of folks, I guess myself included, certainly assume that legacy status Veron Haynes has been a fan favorite of ours we've had him on the show a million times even really before you know Justice became a big time recruit uh you know dog fans have loved the Haynes family for for a long time but like how I guess real is it that you should worry about somebody else other than Georgia for Haynes like how much would would uh you know Veron and, and Justice you know beyond the baseball thing you're right he's a very good baseball player really excellent pitcher uh but how much do you think they would consider seriously other schools besides UGA in this recruiting process well it's funny the Florida visit is kind of a nod to his mother uh she went to school there the the Haynes family right now is a is a house is one of those house divided with a Georgia grad, Georgia Georgia guy, Georgia grad, and Bron Haynes, and then a Florida, uh, Florida mom. Uh, so you've got that. But I think really, Justice is here's what he told me. A little preview of what you'll see on the site. Justice told me that everything is kind of zeroed out. He's going to zero everything out. He's going to clear the. He's going to clear like the the standings, or he's going to send everybody back to square one. And he's going to let these official visits and these feelings and what comes together over the next couple of months dictate his decision. Now, of course, there's a lot of great stuff there with Del McGee. I think we can safely say that Del McGee has recruited him as effectively and as hard as any recruiter in the country over the past two or three years. He's made it clear. I mean, some of the earliest things that Del said that I kind of found very uh, entertaining or curious is he says he's worried about if he loses justice, he might lose his job at Georgia. That's how important that uh, that's how important he is to the class. But <laughs> you've got you've got Dell, and that that's really created a bank of goodwill, a, a bank of impressive feelings about Georgia. But he's going to take these visits, Brandon. He's, I think he's going to. It sounds like he's really going to compare notes, pros and cons, really hard with Caleb Downs, and they're going to try to figure out what's the best path for both of them. If, if it's the same path. They're going to be kind of giddy about that. But he also told me that he's a guy moving, moving to Buford this fall, going to help him enroll early. He's a guy that's going to make that decision before his senior season starts. A lot of guys, Brandon, are going to be very busy 
They're going to fill up their funnel with as much information as possible in June. And then it goes dead in July for except the last week of July. And I think a lot of these decisions are going to be made uh, in the month of July. And Brandon, let's be frank. These young men talk to each other all the time. They talk to each other on text message threads all the time. They've been talking to each other since they were in FBU and since they were in Top Gun and these really perfect, you know, these really, you know, these really prospect camps where they start showing up in the eighth and ninth grade and you figure out how good the rest of the players in the country are. Brandon, there's really a momentum that starts around eighth and ninth grade where all the best players in the country go together and they wind up at these same camps. They swap numbers. They follow each other on social media. And then from there, they know each other. They know the moves everybody's making. They know how good everyone is. So, Brandon, when they get to these official visits like this weekend, it's not getting to know anybody. It's chilling with someone they consider a very good friend for years and years and years now. That's a really cool thing to think about. I want to ask you more about Caleb Downs here in a moment. Let me remind folks, this is On the Road. It's just by AAA with Jeff Sintel. I'm looking forward to being on the road myself here coming up as I'm enjoying some vacation next week. That means I take that AAA membership car with me everywhere that I go. But that's not the only thing I want you to think of when you think about AAA. I want you to think about them as a great resource for your home insurance there too. And there's all kinds of tremendous features and benefits that come your way when you get your home insurance through AAA. One of them is the claim-free reward. Let me explain how this works. That's you can earn cash back for every policy year that you remain claim-free, rewarding you basically for uh, having things uh, you know work out for you. You can see all the discounts yourself and find out all more about this and whether or not you qualify by going to AAA.com slash home insurance. That's AAA.com slash home insurance. You can also give them a call 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. Now, as we do, uh, I'll get a chance here to get into my legal disclaimer voice, and y'all can judge me about how well I pull this off. Coverage is subject to all policy terms, conditions, exclusions, and limitations. Discounts and savings opportunities subject to eligibility requirements. Subject to underwriting requirements as well. Insurance underwritten by members, select insurance company, or non-affiliated insurance companies. Copyright 2022, the Auto Club Group, all rights reserved. So maybe okay on that one. All right, so uh, Jeff, Caleb Downs, I think, is a very interesting prospect. Uh, you know, great player uh, here out of the uh, state of Georgia. And I, I think that the name that comes up, smart people have kind of compared him to me with Kyle Hamilton, another great safety recently out of the state of Georgia. It's also fair to point out that Hamilton ultimately didn't go to UGA. I had a chance to interview uh, Caleb the other day, and in interviewing him, you know, listen, I certainly didn't get the sense that Georgia was his obvious runaway leader here. It sounds like Ohio State's a pretty serious player in all of this. How do you kind of handicap the battle for uh, Downs right now? And, you know, as I said before, I mean, I take Ohio State pretty seriously in this is, is there somebody else that you would put in a similar category as a real threat to Georgia for downs right now I'd put Bama in there as well Brandon um, really this is a young man that is seeking development and he's seeking development on the field and off the field he wants to know uh, that a program now, now listen Caleb is a warrior on the football field he he's going to study film and he's going to prepare like a defensive coordinator in high school would. He's going to watch a ton of film. He's going to take care of his body. He's going to make plays on the offensive side of the ball as well. He's going to be a great leader, a great teammate. He's going to get everybody on everybody about their hustle plays or lack thereof. But, you know, he's looking for a place that would take care of him. And I mean that off the field or I mean that degree wise. I mean that business side wise, alumni support, network support. Uh, it's pretty much a given, Brandon. I put him among, 
I put him higher than any, I'll just safely say this, I put him as a higher, more impressive prospect, I feel, uh, than any safety that Georgia has been gone after in the uh, Kirby Smart era. Caleb, I mean, Caleb and Kyle have similar mindsets. I think, you know, Kyle's just going to be a little bit bigger, two or three more inches longer, uh, bigger frame. But, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a guy here, you know, I, I try to think about all this when I make that, those comparisons, but just the refinement, the fact that his father is a, is a college football coach. He's yeah. the running back coach and recruiting coordinator at East Tennessee State. You know, that, that stuff right there, the way he works, the way he plays in 7A football, how he's got an older brother already in North Carolina looking like an All-American in his own right, that edges him ahead of guys like even Richie LeCount, uh, you know, Lewis Sheen, for example, a guy that really had to prove to the country how good he actually was as a high school player. And whereas Caleb Downs is the de facto consensus number one safety in the country, Brandon, he's almost among the top ten players in the country. And you don't usually see safeties rated up that high. That's for quarterbacks, that's for offensive tackles, that's for pass rushers, that's for wide receivers. You usually don't see safeties rated that highly, but Caleb is number 11 in the country right now on the 24-7 sports composite. He's going to have a businessman's mindset. I think it will, this will be a weekend for Georgia where they really have to impress the family. Like they have to leave Georgia this weekend or when they finally get through comparing notes. You know, Ohio State has a great uh, after football or aside from football program as well. When they get through comparing all their notes from their travels in the month of June, uh, he's going to have to look at one school and say, you know what, I think that's the one that's going to prepare me best for the NFL, and it's probably going to prepare me best for life after the NFL or if not the NFL. And I think that's going to be the winning school for Caleb Downs. Hey, uh, really quick here before we let you go, give me a little bit more on Raylan Wilson, if you don't mind, the linebacker who's uh, coming in. And I guess as kind of a swan song here, just any other name that I haven't asked you about that you do, that you do think is uh, worth mentioning. Yeah, so Raylan is, you know, like I said, he has an NFL bloodline. Uh, his dad played for the Saints. He passed away tragically at the age of 46 a couple years ago. Um, and he's really driven his his children to be great. I think his older sister was an All-American track standout at Ohio State. Um, he had another brother that signed to play football with Buffalo. And he has this great, he had this great saying, and it still rings in Raylan's mind right now, and it's, you know, I'm going to give you the recipe to be great at football, but you got to take it to the kitchen. And the folks at Lincoln High School down in Tallahassee say that you know, Raylan's like that. He's one of the hardest workers, one of the best athletes on the team. Brandon, he has some punishing film as a linebacker. And this is a, this is a rare thing here, Brandon. Georgia went head-to-head with Michigan. He has already made his commitment. He made it back in December, and he chose Michigan. Well, you know, thankfully for Georgia folks out there, Glenn Schumann doesn't really pay a lot of attention to commitments made for players he really thinks can help Georgia, uh, especially a year before signing day. So Georgia's kept recruiting him. They had him in town uh, back a couple months ago. I think it was in the middle of March, Brandon, when Justice and Pierce and Arch, all those guys were in town uh, for a big unofficial visit weekend as well in March. And they've got him back here for an official visit. Now he's going to take another official visit to Clemson, or excuse, not Clemson, excuse me, to Florida next weekend. Looks like he'll be hanging out with Justice next weekend. And then he goes to, uh, Michigan later this month. Uh, very intriguing recruitment here about Georgia with inside linebackers. You know, what's changed since December the 8th for the Georgia Bulldogs? Well, 
I would think everything has changed for Georgia and its national perception since December the 8th of 2021 when he made that decision. Uh, you've got national championship. You've got beating Bama. You've got dominating the combine. You've got dominating the NFL draft. You get three linebackers rate, rated highly drafted in the first three rounds. You have five defensive players drafted. I think the stock right now for Georgia is booming for a lot of these linebacker types and defensive players, even while all the focus, at least from the fan base, seems to seem like this needs to be the offensive class. You know, Raylan's a guy that, you know, he could be one of those he can destroy linebackers that in the Channing Kendall mold and then the Kobe Dean mold. Um, one of those guys that have really played well so far for Schumann at Georgia. And I think Georgia is in the midst of a, a you know, that race is not over yet for Raylan Wilson. And it'll be interesting to see whether that Michigan commitment holds, uh, you know, that he made on December the 8th of 2021. Jeff, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for all of your insight on it. Can't wait to read a bunch from you at dognation.com as well. I know you got a big preview of all this coming here today there too. So uh, good stuff. Thanks for being here. I won't see you and speak to you live again for a little while, but you were good enough to record something with us to air next week. So I think folks are going to enjoy that there too. And uh, we'll chat here back again very soon on the road, assisted by AAA with you here on Dog Nation Daily. Hey, Brandon, I know you're going to a wonderful beach. Uh, family tradition trip and i hope those folks take really good care of you next week because you've deserved the break brother thank you my thank you my friend i appreciate it i'll talk to you soon take it easy man let's take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through really good stuff with uh jeff Sintel, and he's gonna have more of that at dognation.com and the challenge in a situation like this is is that there's so much right it's like you've heard the phrase like you're drinking from a fire hose like you want to hit you know jalen hale you want to hit justice haynes you want to hit caleb downs but you got to be careful that you just don't like throw so much out there that people can't really follow what's going on. But I mean, you know, to me, you know, that's kind of where it sort of centers in on here this week. It is more than just Arch Manning. I think that Downs is as important as anybody that George is recruiting here right now. I think Justice Haynes, you know, running back about to be a position of need for Georgia. We think Justice is a really good player. Obviously, it's fun to be in the conversation for the father i should say uh, a running back whose father was also a very good running back at georgia that's just a fun thing to be doing and then you think about you know uh, you know how wide receivers might be following arch to uga or the fact that all of this does seem kind of like it was sort of culminated and and folks seemingly did want to be here on campus at the same time commits helping recruit non-committed guys trying to figure out if Georgia's the right place for them. This is the kind of thing that Georgia has thrived in before, and it seems like they're set up to potentially do that here this weekend there as well. Plenty of that at dognation.com, and I'll look forward to talking to you live about this more when I'm back from vacation week after uh, next. With that in mind, speaking of vacations, your time to plan your own vacation coming up here when it comes to a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. We're going to go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I'll invite you to make your plans to be on a Royal Caribbean ship here in 2022. What a great time that is. Great opportunity to do that. A lot of different sailing options. You want the three to four night sailing, going to the Bahamas, maybe going out of uh, Port Canaveral. That's where obviously uh, we sailed out of back in april you want the seven night sailing maybe on one of the big oasis class ships it's also a really fun time to think about going to alaska you know uh those alaskan cruises are back again 
and that's fun to do and you kind of go to inner passage and you see some of the really cool stuff there or maybe you just kind of want that traditional uh warm weather caribbean style vacation that's a listen nothing, nothing wrong with that or you just want to enjoy kind of the pool deck right there on the royal caribbean cruise ship and that's the thing it's like you know truly the the destinations the ports of call you're visiting that's a lot of fun but the things to do on the ship are great there as well you see the water slides you see the flow rider that's the uh, wave simulator on the back of these ships <clears throat> just so many fun things to make a royal caribbean cruise vacation everything you want it to be so our friends at the cruise and vacation authority can help you out with that tcava.com that's the website tcava.com you can also give a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 and they'll help you sort of figure out which option's best for you and get your perfect royal caribbean cruise vacation planned by the way maybe including a stop by a perfect day coco k and all of that there too all right sec through here cruise running the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and concurrent to the big recruiting stuff it's also the conclusion of the sec spring meetings in destin and i think it's really amazing i said this to our video audience before the show started today just how little we know about not just the distant future for college football but the very near future you know clearly like transfer portal and nil that's been a big part of this but actually in this respect it's not even like the main thing i'm talking about i thought mike griffith had an interesting story with josh brooks the georgia athletic director dognation.com and mike and i talked about this and i can't remember if we talked about this in the live show that aired this wednesday or the pre-recorded show that is going to air next wednesday but my question of hey as the sec considers an eight or a nine game conference schedule we don't know yet which model they're going to adopt we'll have more on that here in a moment but with the idea of the sec could expand its conference schedule what does that mean for all of those big non-conference series that georgia has coming up and when georgia first started announcing all of these major games it sounded so long into the future so into the like you know just space age million years from now type thing the truth is i mean it's kind of here georgia played clemson last year they play oregon obviously this year next year they're scheduled to travel to norman oklahoma to play the sooners as a non-conference game before oklahoma officially joins the sec is is all of that going to happen I mean, is all that going to take place i want to read you here a little bit uh from josh brooks the athletic director of georgia about all this because mike asked him directly the question i also asked mike he says right now that's something we are working on he says when there's when there's clarity on that we'll give everyone an update it's important to be respectful to everyone that we're working with so what i don't hear there is a definite yes in terms of a lot of these non-conference type series uh he says when you get into those situations like texas oklahoma joining the league sometimes you can move a game forward move it to another year sometimes you outright drop it uh this is josh brooks again so sometimes it's a home and away you can drop sometimes you can buy it out sometimes you can move it forward there are a lot of different tools you can use to solve that so what i'm hearing there is an openness to the idea that not all of these non-conference games that georgia has currently scheduled are going to be played now, that also doesn't mean that they won't and you know if the sec stays at eight there's obviously more room for some of these non-conference series but it's just really weird to me how how uh uh how different all of this kind of is right now in terms of what could happen in the very near future and those of us who spend our whole lives just trying to absorb every piece of college football information we can get how little we kind of know about this uh right now and 
By the way, we could see the SEC spring meetings come to a close today without any resolution on whether there's going to be an eight or nine game conference schedule moving forward. I'm going to read you Ross Dellinger here on Twitter, who I think does about as good a job as anybody of covering this kind of stuff. He tweeted uh, last night that the SEC athletic directors and presidents just broke from their joint session. This was from last night. And Greg Sankey was asked if there was a vote on future scheduling models. And he said, come back tomorrow. He says the presidents do meet tomorrow. This is Ross Dellinger. The expectation is there will not be a decision this week. We'll see, Greg Sankey says. And I think the assumption that you get here for why there won't be a decision made on this is that there's just not a lot of agreement right now. There are some people in the room who I think very much would like to maintain an eight-game conference schedule. The byproduct of that is that means that you know, Georgia wouldn't be able to play one of its main rivals each and every year. Now, you assume that Georgia's going to play Florida every year no matter what, but like Georgia-Auburn, for instance, you just might not play that game uh, each and every year if you go if you keep an eight-game conference schedule because there's a desire for a lot more rotation. And if you want three permanent opponents, for whatever reason, they're saying you'd have to um, – uh, have the nine-game conference schedule to have multiple permanent opponents that if you only keep the eight-game conference schedule, you would uh, only have the one permanent opponent. But beyond that, though, there's also the thought of, for some of these teams, how difficult they want their schedule to be. We've heard some reporting coming out of Kentucky, for instance. I think Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio had this, that I guess some Kentucky folks are saying that if they expand the nine-game conference schedule – Kentucky's not so sure it can play Louisville every year anymore. Basically saying, hey, we've got all these other non-conference series that we've, you know, uh, and these are mostly buy games against group of five and FCS level opponents that we can't buy all those out. We just have to stop playing Louisville each and every year. And I find this to be really frustrating. I really do. We talked about this earlier this week that publicly, at least, Kirby Smart is saying all the right things. Now, who knows what anybody's saying privately behind closed doors, but Kirby Smart uses phrases like big games, key, you know, big matchups, you know, fun games, good for fans. Those are the kinds of phrases that Kirby Smart talks about a lot, and I think everybody in college athletics should be talking about that, and I hope that what Kirby is saying privately behind closed doors I hope it echoes what he does say publicly in terms of, hey, what can we do? What what kind of matchups can we create that are more compelling for fans? Whether it's Georgia playing more SEC games or Georgia playing more high-profile non-conference matchups against the likes of Notre Dame and Ohio State and all these other games that Georgia has kind of scheduled in recent years, you better find a way to make your schedules better. Because here's the one thing that I just don't think you can ignore. Let's say you waved a magic wand tomorrow and whatever issue existed around NIL, let's say that just disappeared. And transfer portal stuff, let's say that was no longer an issue, that was just resolved to everybody's satisfaction. It's not like if you made transfer portal and NIL disappear that suddenly college football would would be without issues. That's not the case at all. I mean, we don't recognize this at Georgia because Georgia's still really big business. But there are a lot of places in college football where the turnstiles aren't spinning like they used to and the cash register's not ringing like it used to. In some respects, ratings have gone down on TV. In some respects, attendance has gone way down. The appetite that people have to see to use Kentucky as a for instance, because we mentioned them before, a team like Kentucky playing as a 17 point favorite against some group of five or FCS level team. The appetite for that's just not very high. Uh, it's been higher on the TV side than it has in the attendance side. But even the TV folks now are saying we're getting tired of those kinds of games. We just want better week in, week out competition. And the truth is, I don't know why you'd pay a coach three or four or five million dollars a year to play a bunch of games in which you're playing opponents that you also paid a million dollars to be there. It's just a waste of money. I mean, coaches prove their salary. They prove their worth by winning games that matter against opponents that are good enough to beat you. And in the future, that's what college football is going to look like. And 
That's to me is as important of an issue as anything. Transfer portal, NIL, things like that. You've got to make the compelling, you've got to make the product on the field as compelling as you possibly can. That means you've got to get rid of, and listen, I don't want to see group of five programs go away. I don't want to see FCS level programs go away because that's a lot of scholarship opportunities for players who, you know, need a chance to go to college, want a chance to go to college. That's what those programs provide them the chance for. But I'm not quite so sure the model of a program like Georgia completely funding these group of five and FCS level programs, I'm not quite so sure that makes much sense anymore, given the fact there isn't much of an appetite to see Georgia play Murray State the way that maybe there would have been many years ago. So whether it's a nine-game SEC schedule or an eight-game SEC schedule with more of the kind of big non-conference games that Kirby led the way in scheduling, one way or another, college football schedules in the future they just have to look bigger than they've looked over the course of the last you know 30 40 years you've just got to have more compelling matchups against more even competition and if you don't i think there's going to be a little bit of an erosion of the sports popularity people just aren't going to put up with that the way that maybe they would have in the past so as the sec deliberates on all of this i think you've got to keep that in mind we'll make that your sec through And as we get ready to wrap up here on this particular Friday, last Friday for me, uh, live anyway, until the following Monday, great pre-recorded shows for us coming up next week and looking forward to being back with you live after all of that. I'm excited about my vacation, I'll admit that, but I love doing this show each and every day and I can't wait to be back doing that with you live again very soon and I hope you enjoy what we have in store for you next week. Uh, We'll do Golden Shoe for you today. Now, next week, we have some really cool, like, sort of blast from the past, best of Golden Shoes. But today, our Golden Shoe goes directly to the Diamond Dogs, who begin play in the NCAA Regional today up there in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I thought this was kind of a cool graphic from them, and we're obviously wishing them well as they try to move on in the NCAA Baseball Tournament. So best of luck to the Diamond Dogs. We are rooting for you here and hope to see you do well. Lousy, stinking Gators, we'd never root for them in anything. It's been 4,894 days since they've won a national championship. And our Gator Hater Countdown, dogs back in Jacksonville, beating up on Florida 148 days from right now. Y'all have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday, pre-recorded for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Look forward to talking to you then. And on the podcast, I'm now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown, where we'll take some of your comments here today. And, of course, we won't be able to do this next week because of the pre-recorded shows, but we think we've got a great crop of shows coming up for you and we'll look forward to getting back to this again the following monday after that our buddy uh sacktown win checks in to say that um i know change is hard when it comes to college football but just imagine a home and home in austin texas and athens a home and home in miami florida so i want to see georgia play a&m also lsu Ole miss and he says tell the gators to kick rocks in other words he's tired of playing the same old teams he wants to start playing some more teams maybe a lot of folks probably agree with that there too although hopefully not at the expense of georgia florida buster checks in on the subject of david cutcliffe and his position there on the staff at texas and we do think that's a little bit of a factor probably for arch man certainly doesn't hurt texas to have david cutcliffe there working i believe cutcliffe was actually at uh uh you know sec uh uh media days there at one point in time and i uh, not say media days but spring meetings and let me make sure i clarify this so cutcliffe was going to work uh for texas but ended up going to work for the sec instead which probably had cutcliffe stayed there that probably would have been a good thing for texas and him not being there you know probably helps a little bit i, I don't know that it would have swung the balance of power too much in either direction but it was kind of an interesting domino to fall in all of this that when Cutcliffe was initially hired as an analyst, that's a name that the Manning family knows really well. And 
soon after that he left to go to the sec and we, we even said that at the time kind of jokingly uh that maybe the sec kind of helped out georgia with all of that uh as far as dognation.com goes let me get uga dad 20 who weighs in to say i'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to uniforms but may want to break out those white helmets for the uh, noon game in columbia <laughs> Yeah, maybe the white absorbs the sun a little uh, better. Uh, UGA dad may be right about that. We talked yesterday about the um, the white helmets, the white uniforms that some of the recruits have been wearing. Uh, Jeff kind of calls it a stormtrooper look, which is kind of an interesting thing to say. Jim Dog eighty five says a couple of years ago there was an uh, 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 he says uh, oh what is that word? He says it's a word that means uh like the matte finish the black with the power g that showed up on twitter is that anthracite is that how you say that anthracite i don't know boy that's a fancier word than i should be using anyway but he says like, there was like a matte finish kind of like one of those like kind of like you see some of the sometimes you see cars that can have that matte look to it uh power g that showed up on twitter which was really sharp i could see that actually probably being pretty good day some people call it like a flat black where you don't have like any sheen to it whatsoever it's just you know it's matte finish it's kind of flat TCU has worn kind of a flat helmet before a matte a mat look type thing. Um, some other teams have there as well. For whatever reason, TCU comes to mind on this, and that does usually look pretty good. He says that helmet would look really good paired with our red jerseys and silver britches, not to be confused with the shiny helmets that Rick brought for the Florida game a couple years ago. Yeah, I did not like those in 2009. He says that those look more like Grambling instead of UGA, and I would kind of agree with that there too. Uh, Doggy weighs in to say, basically i i guess said yesterday that kentucky was a bottom tier sec team he says last time i looked kentucky 10 and 3 easily finished second in the east last season saying stuff like this makes ba sound like a carnival barker well i've said before i'm probably a little bit of a carnival barker by nature i'm not you know necessarily ashamed of that but in terms of kentucky being a lower tier team regardless of what their record may have been last year the truth is there are only a small handful of teams in the sec that haven't been to an sec championship kentucky being one of them uh old miss vanderbilt being the others a and m uh, of the more recent invitees and i believe that's it right every other team in the sec has been to the sec championship game so if kentucky's been in the sec the entire time and the sec title game stretches back to the early 90s if they still haven't won the division that to me would make them a lower tier team uh red dog one says not a fan of that new uniform important note that that's not a uniform i believe the georgia is planning on wearing in a game right now we've seen recruits kind of wearing some of these alternate uniforms from time to time in their photos and they end up just sort of being about that and nothing else but the presence of the white helmet and the presence of that look has gotten some fans saying well maybe they should wear that in a game and i get the sense they've been more popular than not although red dog one of the ones weighing in to say that he doesn't like it i think that all white in itself is a little plain i'm actually surprised how much recruits seem to like the all white look right now i'm always interested in what young people like because it's always so difficult for me to predict uh but to me like road uniforms are just more plain and bland that's kind of the joy of being the home team you get to wear the sharper looking uniform uh but a lot of recruits have been kind of gravitating towards the road the white look lately which is certainly something the thing i liked best and i'm repeating myself from what i said in the show yesterday but the thing i like best about the white helmet is the traditional striping down the middle that kind of matches the pants that is a pretty sharp look anyway we gotta go for now thanks for being here for the rs andrews podcast cool down y'all check out rs andrews online for your air conditioning heating plumbing electric needs there at rsandrews.com and we will see you back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. And then the following Monday after that for the return of the podcast Cooldown presented by R.S. Andrews. So have a great weekend. We'll look forward to talking to you then.